You're listening to the Platte River Bard. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Platte River Bard. This is Chris Berger. And I'm Sherry Berger. And today we are here with Troy Gagner. He's the Executive Director of the Lincoln Arts Council. And also we are here with Dr. Jenna Stiles Lias. She's with Americans for the Arts. She's the Director of AEP6, the Community Engagement and Equity Director. Thank you so much for uh, joining us today, especially uh, Dr. Stiles Lias. You're joining us all the way from the Washington, D.C. area. Yes, yes. Glad to be here. Welcome. Well, thank you guys so much for taking the time to talk to us about this because I'm yes. I'm actually really excited about this mm-hmm. survey that you're doing, and it's called the AEP-6. Yes. And you've done the AEP-5. It's been, what, a couple of years ago or so? Yeah. Five years ago-ish? Yeah. We usually do them about five years apart. So this is number six of the Arts and Economic Prosperity Studies. Now, this one isn't five years. I think it's more like seven because we had a small um, break, you know, for that the pandemic um, caused us (laughs) to pause. Um, So we did shift our schedule a little bit. So it's been a little longer than five years for AEP6, but um, we're happy to get started. We just got started in May um, officially with the first part of the study process mm. and for just the pe- the normal people on the street or the normal theater goers or art or um arts enthusiasts what what does this survey what will this survey survey look like to them sure yeah so the arts and economic prosperity study six or lovingly called aep6 <laughs> is looks just like um we have three different versions of it um two you'll see more more probably more consistently. Um, The first version is a paper version. There's 13 questions on that paper. Um, And we also, you may also see a QR code to scan with your phone um, to take you to a digital version of the survey. But basically, that's what people will see or get to experience when they go into local venues. Uh, And what it does is that it measures the economic impact that the arts have in the region. So it is a huge, huge game changer um, for all of the arts and cultural organizations in your region and just in your region in general. It helps tell um, politicians, policymakers, arts advocates, um, arts lovers, it tells folks how much money, how much resources deserve to be in your region and can be in your region based on how much spending is happening. Because we know the arts are good for the soul. Mm -hmm. They're good for the spirit. They're just good, right? But sometimes folks have to assign a dollar value in order to see the value, right? Sure, That's not me. (laughs) <laughs> Clearly, but um, that's what that economic prosperity survey does. It helps folks that may not see the um, value of the arts outside of the dollar or the monetary contributions and let them know like, hey, 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 we do this art stuff really good, but we also change the community in really, really positive ways. Sure. Um, so that's what it looks like. That's what you'll get to experience. And that's a little bit about um, the why. So these are not just theaters. These are arts organizations, this is libraries, galleries, culture organizations, uh, special events, just any 
any of these events, how are you deciding where they're, they're going to get people to take these surveys? That's a great question. So um, we are aiming for nonprofit venues, facilities, performances, organizations. Um, we don't do for-profit entities or individual artists. Okay. Um, so that's kind of the first sort of um, identifying piece. And then the region, so, so Troy can probably give you more information on that. The region, when it comes to the audience intercept survey, gets to um, sort of understand what organizations participate after that fact. What we have asked our regional partners or our local partners is to say, if we were to give you something to put out there for folks to come see what happens in Nebraska or in Lincoln over the course of a year, what are like some of the things that they can experience? Not everything, because we can't fit everything in an audience intercept survey. That's going to be too many events to go see, but what are some of the key things or what are some of the events that would give you a flavor of what they could see um, throughout the year? Uh, And those are the events that we survey. So we have a number of surveys that we are looking to reach when we do it over the course of the year, but Troy would be able to explain sort of like how we go about picking out those venues. Well, and being with uh, uh, the Lincoln Arts Council, Lincoln is the city, uh, the only city right now that is that is participating uh, with this survey, correct? Yeah, we are the, the only location in the state of Nebraska that participates in the yes. survey. Um, and Jenna can uh, correct me here, but I think there's 395 partners around the country, yep. but only one, only one in Nebraska. Aww. And so this is, this is the fifth time that Lincoln has participated out of the six. I think we Excellent. missed the very first one. And we've been doing this ever since then. Uh, the last one in Lincoln, the data was collected in 2015. And I think okay. the information was then released about 2017. I know this time around, they're releasing all of the data much, much quicker. And so okay. we'll finish this process up in May of 2023. And then all of this information that we collect will be available to us the following September. But what we are doing is um, working with all of our um partners in the city of Lincoln. And so those are theaters, those are um, visual arts venues, really other and, and other cultural venues mm-hmm. um, around the city and doing these audience intercept surveys is what they are. So we have a goal of collecting 800 of those uh, between now and next May. Nice. Um, specifically looking to try, I guess, trying not to collect all of them or the bulk of them from just one or two venues or one or two events. And the idea is to really spread that out over the course of the year across all of these different organizations to give us a, I think a, a better, more realistic and maybe holistic picture of the nonprofit arts community in the city of Lincoln. And, you know, specifically what our economic impact is on the city. So yeah. I joined the Arts Council um, after AEP5 was completed, but right as we were getting the results and trying to take that information and and use it to advocate for the arts in in the city of Lincoln. And when we started that process, um, well, first of all, I should tell you that in in 2015, what we found out was that the the total economic impact of nonprofit arts in the city of Lincoln was $99 million a year, um, which 
Nice. And I see Jenna clapping. <laughs> and really, that is the reaction that we, that we got from people in Lincoln. They were they were like, really? The arts? $99 million a year? Yeah. Um, I think, and it, and it goes back to what we talked about earlier, where we kind of think of the arts as this, you know, sort of lovely frosting on the cake that is our community. Sure. Um, but really, it's, you know, it's an integral piece of the economy as well. And if you take that out a step further, when we talk in, you know, in Lincoln, we, we like to call ourselves the Silicon Prairie and talking about, you know, tech industries and, you know, and recruiting these, these creatives into our community to do this kind of work. Well, in order to do that, you have to have kind of the amenities that, that these folks are looking for. And so, you know, we talk about parks and bike paths and those things, but, you know, one of the things that we really have to have is arts and culture. Yes. You know, that's a vibrant music scene, that's theater, that's galleries, that's all of those things. And, you know, without that, you know, you, you take that away from a community like Lincoln and it's, you know, it's it's kind of a boring place when it comes down to it. <laughs> well, you know, the arts really are what, yeah. what makes, you know, it brings people together. It's, it's what we all go to do. Um, it's what we talk about when we get together. Mm. I mean, it's all of those things. Well, and, and I think and, uh, because I'm not actually from this area, I'm from a different state and coming and visiting Lincoln quite a bit and doing a lot of things in Lincoln. The Lincoln and Lincoln area has a stunning amount, uh, a, a very large uh, sort of arts community. It, there, there's a ton of stuff going on. And I think maybe why that took people by surprise, that 99 million is because you guys it, it's just all around you all the time you, they it's really it, it seems normal to you it, but me yeah. coming up here from a different city who i didn't think our city was our city was a bigger city and i didn't think our arts community was as vibrant and had as much going on as lincoln and and this whole area up here and uh and it is a a huge a huge part of this community up here and i think maybe everybody just growing up here just got used to it. Just kind of takes it for granted. They're used to it yeah. because isn't it like this everywhere? No, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a great, great point. arts I, community in Lincoln. You really do. I, I think that we do tend to take yeah. that for granted. Um, you know, having a couple of great universities with vibrant arts oh, programs yes. definitely helps. Um, we've got a great school system in Lincoln that, that thankfully you know, still places a lot of value in, in the arts and into creativity in, in general. Um, mm. And so I, I think, you know, as much as anything is in Lincoln, we, we, we do a really good job of kind of growing creative people from a young age. And, you know, as more of those, you know, as many of those as we can keep here in Lincoln, um, you know, mm. I think that's, that's great for us. And, you know, the way to do that is to continue to provide them opportunities to be involved in the arts, whether that's, yeah. you know, being a performer or an artist or just going to a show or participating it, you know, in it as an audience member, you know, we all get something out of that, no matter, you know, how involved you are in it. Sure. And what I really love about this study, um, Troy, to your point about um, arts and being uh, a hub and, and also um, Chris, to your point, there there's so much in that spending that's like 
tourist spending, folks who are traveling. Yes. Can you imagine like childcare? Get your, you got to do a, an outfit. You bought an outfit, you bought um, travel, you know, paid for gas, hotel, like mm-hmm. all of that is building into that economic impact. And I think that that's a really good point. Some folks are going to, you're going to get a, a large resident spending, but also that tourism spending too is a really big piece of the, of the puzzle as well. Absolutely. And that's one of the things we found out in previous studies is that those that tourist spending, I mean, compared to what locals spend is so much higher. And, you know, Lincoln, I think a lot of people in Lincoln, probably across the state, kind of look at Lincoln and Nebraska in general as kind of a, you know, we're a sports town. Yeah, um, sure. there's there, there's a football team here yeah. that you may or may not have heard about. Right, right, uh, right. But, <laughs> but one of the things that, you know, they found in the studies is that um, art tourists, their spending is on, um, you know, an individual basis is much higher than most other tourism. Mm. Um, and, and it really is that, you know, they, they come in and they go to dinner, they go shopping, they do all of those other things. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what that spending is, is not just, um, creating benefit for the arts community. It's creating benefit for the entire community, sure. uh, with all of that ancillary spending of that $99 million, that split in kind of um, two pieces. Half of that is kind of organizational spending outside of, uh, and that includes ticket sales. Okay. The other half of that, it's like 50 and 49 million each, I think. But the other half of that is all that ancillary spending that happens. People going out to dinner, yeah. uh, you know, people buying new clothes to go to a new event, uh, <laughs> hiring a babysitter, all of those things. I think Randy Cohen always uh, uses the example of his wife buying him a tie. Um, Randy's with Americans for the Arts too, and I've heard him do this several times. But you know, it's you know, it's it's all of those things that you don't really think about that sure. is spending that happens because there's an art event happening. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and just to be fair, I just want to interject too here. So for people who are listening outside of Eastern Nebraska, in Council Bluffs, the Potawatomi Arts and Culture and Entertainment Center Pace Pace yeah. is is a is participating. They're one of the 395. And in Kansas City, Arts KC, Missouri Arts Council, and the Arts Council of Johnson County. Yeah, it sounds like everybody in that yeah. whole area is participating. So, so you've got, I mean, we're just so fortunate that, Troy, that uh, Lincoln Arts Council is able to do it here in eastern Nebraska. So yes, that's indeed. really exciting. And that's one of the reasons that we wanted to uh, to put you, you know, on the podcast so that we can talk about this. But I'm wondering, how how is the study going to be communicated? So... Once the study is completed and people have have answered the questions and they've they've you know put in the QR code and all of that, what happens after that? Yeah. So so this is a two part study right now. We're in the in it. We're in audience intercept survey phase. Okay. Um, but there's a whole nother piece that that most audience members won't see, which is where we also survey the organizations, and that starts in January. So they they. They're behind the scenes giving us their impact based on how many jobs they create, what are their budgets, how much money do they put into the, to the community. And so that whole thing is also going to happen. And so in on the national standpoint, AFTA is going to be gathering all of that data, gathering every single thing, any survey that you fill out, any paper, any QR code, it all comes to our database and we start kind of organizing and coding. And during that whole time between... Um, May 2023 up until September, we're making sure that we have all of the data right because we give each of our partners representing all 50 states in DC, um, 
each customized reports that include their custom numbers and then also the national custom numbers. And then where do they fall within that kind of um, stratosphere, which is a huge deal. Um, so then then in September, we give them their, their information. And then, Troy, you can take over. <laughs> Well, and, you know, and, and from there, it's really our job to take that information and use it as an advocacy piece for the arts community okay. in, in Lincoln. And okay. so we take that information and we meet with the mayor, we meet with the city council and the county board and the convention and visitors bureau and the chamber of commerce. And really, you know, just to remind them what a huge piece the arts are of our of our overall economy. And so, you know, it, it, it's, and it's more than just saying, oh, look at this great study that we did and the wonderful results that we have. It really then is about how do we use that information and how are we planning for the future and how are we investing in the arts as a community in order to make sure that our community continues to grow in the way that we want it to mm -hmm. and how integral the arts are in that growth and in that development. And so, you know, it's, it's really easy for us to go out and, and talk to folks and, and, you know, say all the wonderful things that the arts do for us. I mean, we've all seen all of those studies about the arts and the more you get as a young person, the better you do in school, the better you do in all of your other classes, the better your chances of graduating, better your chances of going to college. Mm -hmm. There was a study done by um, Google years ago that are, um, when they first were starting out and they were hiring the, you know, just the best computer programmers out of the best schools. Well, they got to the point where they were growing so fast, they had to hire more than just those folks. Okay. And so they were hiring other people from different backgrounds. Years later, they, they went back and looked at their hiring practices and looked at their human resources and sort of who, what their most effective hires were. And what came out of that study was they found that their, their I, I, what's the best way to say this? Not their best employees, but maybe their most productive uh, and creative uh, employees were those that were coming from creative arts backgrounds. And so mm -hmm. they, they shifted the way that they did their hiring because of that. And, you know, I think it's, it's those are the kinds of things that we need to be reminding, you know, people in our community that are making those kinds of decisions that it's, it's not just about, you know, the, the lead center or, you know, some of the other large entities in, in the city of Lincoln and making sure that they're supported. It's what this does for all of these young people that are graduating from the university that want to go out and do something creative and be involved in the arts and making sure that, you know, we're using this information to say, we're the kind of community that values the arts and we want to make sure that you have a place to do your art and make a living doing it in mm -hmm. this community. Yeah. And what kind of effects will some of the, the BIPOC organizations see as a result of this survey around the country? It's a, a great question, Sherry. So what's really um, cool about this study, AAP6, is that we have had an opportunity to do a full shakeout of our process. The why is because over the past 25 years of this study, uh, we have unintentionally marginalized uh, BIPOC and Alana organizations, as well as other smaller organizations, um, because of the methodology. We asked for 800 surveys generally, and so sometimes the aim was to go to the biggest and most um, economically impactful um, 
organizations to get their surveys and then check the box and be done. Uh, with this particular study, we're digging deep uh, and we're digging wide uh, to make sure that all organizations are better incorporated and better um, sort of brought to the table, for lack of a better phrase, um, to, to, to be able to advocate, to be able to use this tool. Um, so with that, we have um, now have a, a requirement of a number of surveys to come from BIPOC and Alana organizations so that we're asking our local and regional statewide partners to say, let's intentionally collect data. Let's make sure that we're going into these spaces and places so that um, their story can be told yeah. um, and so that we can gather a benchmark of data that we haven't gathered before in order to really like the, like to use this tool, yeah. 99 million. I wonder how much change happened because that number came out, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what that means is that those BIPOC and Alana organizations will get to use this very specifically and very uniquely to say like, here's our economic impact. Mm-hmm. Here is where we fall in this. Um, and, and, and I think that it'll, it'll say, just like the rest of the study, it improves well-being. It improves the idea of tourism to your, to your uh, region. There's so much that happens in these BIPOC and Alana organizations that I think will be a really unique and successful finding uh, as an advocacy point to say, like, this is a really, really good place to be. And the conversation is going to continue. We're going to keep having these BIPOC and Alana organizations involved in the process. And we want to bring, you know, a pathway forward. Some folks don't even know that there are BIPOC and Alana organizations in their region and where they are and what they do. And so that's also a really deep push um, for our partners to look into your community in a way that you've never done before. When we say eligible organization, yes, we mean the traditional nonprofit 501c3, but we also mean those that are government-funded organizations. We, we mean folks who perhaps may be fiscally sponsored. We mean organizations that are embedded into non-art programs, for instance, like community centers, faith-based centers. These are where art is happening, especially in BIPOC. And when we say BIPOC and Alana, I mean Black, Indigenous, people of color. Mm-hmm. And I mean Alana is African, Latinx or Latino, Asian, Arab and Native American. So I just want to make sure that that's clear. But when we say that we're stepping into those communities, art is happening there. There's conversation there. There's art happening and we need to be able to showcase that. And we need to be able to really help and support advocacy efforts on on their behalf. So that's how we hope that it will change the game for BIPOC and Alana organizations, perhaps making them more aware, making our regional and state level partners more aware that there is an existence, and then hopefully bring some advocacy advocacy support and um, policy support their way after the study results are published. So you change, you're changing who you're, who you're surveying, surveying. Has the survey changed at all as well since the last one? Yeah. So, um, Towards that end. I don't know if we're, we're, I don't think we're necessarily changing who we're surveying. We're broadening because we're still going to survey those big houses too. We don't want you oh, to sure. forget about those. Right. We want to survey. Uh, we want to make sure I want to make sure that point's clear. We, <laughs> we're not forgetting or we're not omitting some to, mm-hmm. to add, you know, to add. We're still surveying, especially on the organizational end, 
all. Um, But we are just making sure we're being intentional about certain communities there. Um, But to your point, Sherry, about has the survey changed? It slightly changes every AEP. This time, the major changes have been in the economic impact for the audience intercept survey. We have included sort of a, a social impact section that um, reflects if this organization or venue or performance was not to happen in your community, how would you feel about that? So it's a sliding scale where folks can actually have not just like how much did you spend, but like how important, how valuable, how impactful is this event in this Mm -hmm. facility in your region? So that's a huge change on the audience intercept survey part of it. And on the organizational survey part that you won't get to see a general public, but in case you're in an organization, you'll get to know organizations will be able to self-identify as BIPOC or Alana, and they'll be able to say who, what the community is that they serve. Um, so we have never had that on the survey before. Mm-hmm. Um, and that survey is actually still in creation. That's all of the sort of changes that have happened on the survey thus far. Wow, What's great about that too, is that I think one of the ways to get people to think about how important the arts are is to get them to think about what it would be like if the arts weren't there. Right. Um, kind of is what that, that question kind of gets to is like, yeah. you know, what, what is your community like if yeah. this was not here, you were not doing this. Well, and, yeah. and I think that's one of the things that we need to remind people kind of regularly is that especially with small nonprofit arts organizations, you know, they, they run on razor thin margins and it, you know, it's, it's very easy for them to just say, you know what, we can't do this anymore. We're, we're closing the doors. And so I think we need to remind people in maybe a subtle way that, you know, that is a possibility if we do not support them. And so, you know, it is very important that we continue to, to do that. And to, to kind of go back to that point about the BIPOC and Alana organizations, you know, a big part of what we do at, at the Arts Council, you know, our focus really is arts access. We want to make sure that everybody in our mm-hmm. community has access to the arts in some way, you know, because people who, you know, come from my background and look like me in the city of Lincoln, it's very easy to find opportunities to be involved in the arts. That's not the case with, you know, our new Americans and immigrant communities. Um, that's not the case uh, with people that are going through substance abuse rehab or are, you know, system impacted in some way. And so, so much of the work that that we do when it comes to our programming is working with those kinds of organizations that are working with those under-resourced populations in in the arts and finding ways to bring the arts to them. And I think in kind of a selfish way, making sure that we have access to the arts that, you know, they maybe bring with them from wherever they have moved to Lincoln from or or whatever the case is. And, And so for us, I think, this step in AEP6, working with the BIPOC organizations, the Alana organizations, it's it's kind of the next step in what we were doing anyway as an organization. So it makes sense for us. And, and I think it will help us just in the way that we program the arts in the future as well, or at least the arts that, that we program and those organizations that, that we partner with. Well, and... And to your previous point, because it always strikes me and you talk about making sure people realize about how important the arts are in their everyday lives and the type of impact that that they do have in the communities and how we realize this. I think we all got a small taste of that during the pandemic when everything got taken away. And it's Mm -hmm. like, no, you you can't go out anymore. And so where did we run? 
we ran to movies and TV and books, and people started coloring and drawing. Hey, I started painting. <laughs> he looked painting at me again. when he said that. No, it's Did true. You see that? Oh, uh, <laughs> coloring book sales went through the roof. People and or, and and people. Oh, I started drawing again. Oh, I started painting again. People ran to the art. Yeah. They they and, took and solace the arts in the community art. Was so creative in the way that they, yes. they reacted to it as well. Yeah. They, they were you know, so agile. About, yeah, all of the theater groups that had never done anything other than put on a stage performance. Yeah. Suddenly live streaming things. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're live streaming. Content they're creators. All of them. Yeah. yeah. They're doing stuff in the parking lot so people can watch stuff outside. They're making up stuff. It's, it was, it was incredible, but yeah, first place people ran through. And I, I arts. also think that we saw a lot more um, art and performance art that wasn't charging. So a lot of people mm-hmm. got to see things that they did that they would have normally. They got exposed to had stuff. to travel for yeah. it and pay for or what you know different. We did, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, we saw a bunch of stuff. It was really great, so, uh, and just and, and and I'm just curious because I have not encountered this survey. So and and we keep and we talk about the surveys and they're so important. They are ongoing right now. Um, if you are in an area, so if you're in Nebraska, um, it's going to be the, the Lincoln area, or maybe if you go over to the Pace uh, uh, in Council Bluffs, uh, is, is, is it, it's a physical survey, um, so people uh, will come up to you, you'll be, uh, or uh, how do you encounter this survey? So maybe when people see it, they'll go, oh, hey, that's, that's that art survey i want to i want to make sure i fill that out and they don't go "Ooh, what are you trying to sell me something i I can tell you how we're going to handle it in in lincoln anyway because um one of the things that uh our our staff person who is kind of um running this whole process um and and we we got a bit of a late start so we're just kind of ramping up our our survey collection but you know one of the one of the things that uh, we realize is that um when you walk up to somebody with a clipboard in Nebraska right now, everybody thinks that yeah. you yeah. know they want you to sign a petition. Yes, like, no, petition. no, 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 it's, it's not a petition. Yeah. This is a survey, and yes. here's why. And so what what we are doing is we are we've developed a lot of signage to go along with our folks that are doing the the collection uh, that hopefully quickly explains what we're doing and why we're doing it. Uh, we're training volunteers to to give sort of that quick little elevator speech for for lack of a better term of you know i've got 10 seconds to get your attention as you leave this event right um and you know what do i need to tell you in order to get you involved in in helping us collect this this information but the nice thing is you know we we have a lot of partners in this community too where you know they can put something into their program or we can have them do a curtain talk at the beginning uh in order to get folks interested in what we're doing and then so we will have at events, we will have volunteers with paper surveys and clipboards. We've talked about doing um, sort of the electronic version of that, which is a tablet that is connected online uh, to do that. But then what's great is Americans for the Arts has done these, uh, they've created these QR codes. And so Ooh. folks can just scan it on their phone and actually complete it on their phone, which hopefully will help us catch a lot more people on their way out who maybe yes. don't want to do it at that very second. There's no guarantee that they're going to remember to do it when they get home, but I hope that <laughs> yeah. they will. Yeah. Uh, but but they've given us a lot of different options as far as ways to collect it. And what's great too is that, and I know I'll get the number wrong, but they have also translated this survey into 20 plus languages, I think mm. now. Nice. Wow. And so nice. when it comes time to do 
an event that is maybe going to be attended by predominantly Spanish speaking people, we can make sure that that QR code goes to the Spanish version of that. We can have printed Spanish versions of that. And then thankfully we get to send them all to Americans for the arts and then they get to do the translation. And get all that <laughs> uh, but you know, I, I think that's just part of um, what they've done this year to make sure that this is more inclusive than it ever has been in for the past. Sure. Yeah. Is that, you know, that's one of the things that we, we tend to forget as English speaking people who, you know, for me, grew up in Nebraska, mm -hmm. that, you know, not everybody comes from that background and not everybody is comfortable conversing in English. You know, maybe they, they get by with, you know, their English when they go to the store making a transaction or whatever, but at home they speak another language. And then when you get into asking them, you know, kind of involved questions about their spending, you know, we need to do this in a way that makes them feel comfortable and that they understand and Absolutely. that they'll be willing to participate with. Yes, Absolutely. make the engagement that much easier. Yeah. How yeah. many mm -hmm. How many people did you survey in Lincoln last survey? You know, I don't know the exact number. I think it was probably close to what our goal is this year, which is yeah. 800. Okay. And of okay. that 800, our goal is to get, um, you know, as close to 25% uh, of those, as, we, as close to 25% as we can, of those uh, surveys being at events that are put on by BIPOC and Atlanta organizations. And okay. so that means we won't only be at Pinnacle Bank Arena and we won't right. only be at the Lead Center right. and the Lincoln Community Playhouse. Uh, we'll be working with the cultural centers in Lincoln and other organizations that are, um, you know, really primarily geared towards um, programming and events for, um, you know, BIPOC people, Alana people, uh, you know, People that that um, you know don't look or sound like me, basically. Right. <laughs> yes. Well, and how is COVID going to affect this survey compared to the last survey, or will you have to wait until you do the next one to see some of the differences? I think on a national scope, we'll we'll see. We have to wait until September to really see. We'll look from AAP five to AAP six to see the difference. COVID. I think what is interesting this go round is that we are also we we can include virtual performances um, in our um, economic methodology because there we can't track the spending with that. Okay. But we'll at least be able to see how many virtual performances or what was what oh. were the virtual engagements as best we can. Okay. Um, but we do. I just want to know we do free events too. If there's a free event that happens, you might still get surveyed there based cool. on yeah. what you know what the region is but um that those have been the two main differences when it comes to COVID is just that like ability to um track the virtual events as best we can but we don't actually have them as part of our survey process okay but imagine what that would have looked like in 2020 when this was originally supposed to have happened because oh, we were right. supposed to start i believe in june of 2020 yeah. originally yeah and i mean it was 99 million dollars in 2015 it probably was five hundred thousand dollars in 2020 yeah. i mean it was just everything just shut off and shut stopped. Down, for sure. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're an organization in an area that, that that's um, not doing this survey and you would want this survey to come to your area, like I said, uh, uh, you know, Lincoln is the, the biggest, is the only place in Nebraska. How, how do you get this survey to come to your area to get this thing to oh, work for you? I think you? it's too late. Yeah, um, it's a little late at this point for, <laughs> okay. for the... 
arts and economic impact study six. Okay. Um, however, but. we do have something that is a calculator. So it's usually the AEP calculator and wherever it's on the website and mm -hmm. wherever you are, if there aren't any, uh, if there wasn't a study in your region, you can actually calculate your results. And it's a trusted formula okay. um, to share as, to share like as if you did an AEP. Um, and there's always just an opportunity to reach out to the research team. These AEPs come around, like I said, every five years. Yeah. So if you heard about it now in Lincoln and you want to get it somewhere else, For like sure. reach out. Um, I'm sure we post, we will post something uh, in, in the next five years about AEP seven. We're already starting to plan for it. It's like, say, it's yeah. a machine. It just keeps going. So if not right this minute, we have five years to kind of get us on board, but also use the calculator and reach out to the research team. Okay. If you're really interested in more information about how to participate, that would be a great way to start. And the community or the lead agency or whoever it is also has to be aware that they have to budget for this too. It's it's not as though this all happens just free of charge. Certainly uh, there are sure. costs involved with, with collecting the survey and analyzing the data. And, you know, I think the community has to ask itself first, you know, are we interested in investing in getting these results for our community? Mm -hmm. um, it's not a huge investment, uh, but it is an investment. Sure, and it's just sure. something that, to be aware of. Right. Well, man, it's all about the data and information these days and uh, especially finding out, you know, where people are going and where people are, are, are choosing to spend their money. And especially with the arts, we got to make sure that everybody knows. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're spending money with us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, and here are the here's the data to prove it. And it's it's nice that uh, that Lincoln has uh, chosen to participate in this, yes. and uh, that's uh, very encouraging. So hopefully, yeah. a lot of good stuff comes out of this for the Lincoln area. Thank you for all that you do for us there in Lincoln and and across the nation, because I know that this just has to be almost a labor of love for you because it's it's got it's just got to be right, and there's a lot of work to do, and we really appreciate all that you do for everyone in the arts. Well, I appreciate you all for spreading the word and your passion and drive to do this work. Um, I think I'm always like, you know, there's everybody loves a good old artist. OK, we love it. And it's great. We love a good venue and a performance. But we don't actually always scream from the mountaintops how important the patron is, how important the message givers are, how important those folks are the connecting tissue to this work. And when not, nothing, none of it would be possible without any, without the support of folks like yourself and probably most and some of your listeners, just oh. people who want the arts to be here. Right. So I just want to say thank you for giving this platform, giving this platform light and love and continuing the work you do and Troy as well. I know Troy is busy. Okay. I'm yes. Troy is busy. Uh, this is not an easy job. This is a heavy lift. So um, I just yeah. want to also just say in this moment, thank you, Troy, for your work that you're doing in Lincoln. It is a lot and it for is sure. good. So thank you. Yes. It well, is. We, we appreciate Americans for the arts truthfully, because there's, there's no way for us to do this locally on our own. Yeah. We, you know, we just don't have the capacity. And so to be able to be a part of this and then not only get our, our data at the local level, but then to be able to do these comparisons to what it's like nationwide, you know, yeah. we, that's something then that we can go back to the city of Lincoln or elsewhere and start to talk to, um, you know, those that make decisions about spending, about, 
you know, how important are, you know, we have to decide as a community how important we think the arts are. And, you know, by the results of, of these studies, you know, we, we have some information about how important we do think the arts are by the way that we spend on them. And so let's make some policy decisions about the arts that reflect that. And there's no way that we could do that without this study, without all of the partners. I mean, we're, we're talking about working with 50 or 60 different partners in the city of Lincoln just for this yeah. study alone. Yeah, and so, you know, without all of those partners, without Americans for the Arts, you know, without folks like you helping us spread this, you know, spread the information about this, you know, it just wouldn't happen. And then, you know, we don't know what the results of those conversations would be later on with without this information. Um, and so it's just, I mean, it's it's important that that we do this as a arts community. And th- I mean, this is not just the Lincoln Arts Council. This is the Lincoln's arts community doing this, you know, yeah. in partnership. And and that's the way that we need to, I, I really, the way we need to approach this and everything that we do at the Arts Council. Yes, partnership. Yes. Yeah. Thank you all so much for doing this. It's so great to partner with you and get the word out. And we just really, again, appreciate the time that you've spent to, to do this and to talk to us. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Yes, thank you very much to Troy Gagner and Dr. Jenna Stiles Lias. Thank you for listening and supporting the arts in the Platte River area and beyond. Please subscribe to our podcast so you are sure to catch all of our future episodes and join us on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Music for this podcast was used with permission by Screaming Skull Productions. See you next time on the Platte River Bard.